Alright everybody, welcome to Unscripted Unlimited here on the Everything Unscripted Podcast Network. I am the host uh, for this evening, Doug Hummer, and I am joined, it's been a while since he's been on the show, but he's back. He's also a mayor, uh, for the first time, uh, appearing for the first time ever on the show as a married man and a, and a daddy, Sean's here. Hello. Great to have you back on the show, buddy. It's been a while. And, uh, of yeah, course, great to be yeah. back. And, of course, Sharon is here uh, to uh, basically correct us if we say anything wrong. Hello, everybody. Uh, Which might happen. All right. So tonight we're doing we're doing our third movie uh, movie review in a row. This time we're talking back to the future. And this movie uh, came out in 1985. Stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Leah Thompson, uh, and pretty much this movie, I think, this wasn't the first movie Michael J. Fox was in, right? No. He did Teen Wolf beforehand, correct? Teen Wolf, and then there was, oh, like a Wall Street type movie, and yeah. Yeah, uh, so, but this is a movie he's pretty much, like, more famous for. Uh, but yeah, so this came out in 1985 and let's, uh, if I can, I clicked on the wrong thing, but yeah, so Sean, have you, how many times have you seen this movie? Um, I've seen the first one at least more than five times and then probably three or four times the other. Two and three, right? So, all right. Well, we're just gonna we're just talking about the first one today. Okay, uh, thank you. So we're just talking about the first one today. Now, it, here's the funny thing: this had a 19 million dollar budget, and it made 388.8 million dollars. Wow! At the box office. Dang, that's crazy. So, so that kind of tells me that this movie might have been a success. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, and uh, what's actually funny about this movie too is Mike uh, Michael J. Fox wasn't originally going to be Marty McFly. He wasn't. No, it's was supposed to be uh, Eric Stoltz. I'm glad it wasn't. Well, he actually dropped out because he got another role. I think so. He decided to do something else. So then they called Michael J. Fox, who was trying to get the role, and they're like, "Yeah." Uh, if you want it, you can have it, and he got it, and I mean, it was a huge success. So, all right, so the movie starts in, uh, with, it looked like the inside of somebody's house, and it turns out it was the inside of Doc Brown's house. Okay. And, uh, like, a bunch of cuckoo clocks and stuff going on, or, you know, just not going off, but, like, clocks all over the place, and... You know, had pictures on the wall of like how like Doc Brown lost his family estate or stuff like that, and then Marty gets in, uh, goes in there looking for Doc, can't find him, uh, and Doc's uh, dog Einstein wasn't there either. So uh, then he plugs his uh, Marty's guitar into Doc's speaker system and amplifies it all the way up and ends up blowing up the speaker. 
Uh, Doc calls him and says, hey, I need to meet you tonight, or I need you to meet me tonight at the in the mall parking lot at 1.15 a.m. And, like, it, and then he goes to school, gets yelled at by the principal, and, you know, he talks to his girlfriend, Jennifer, auditions uh, for a school dance or for his band to be part of a school dance and doesn't get it because he's told they're too loud. Uh, and then, like, you go home and you kind of see Marty's family life. And Marty's dad is getting bullied around by this guy, Biff, who, you know, we've all had our Biffs in our time. Right. Uh, Why is he still there? Huh? No, it's a question for later. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, so, uh, Mar- uh, so anyway, so then uh, Leah Thompson, who plays Marty's mother, Crispin Glover, who plays uh, Marty's father, like, they're just kind of like this couple that, like, like you could tell right then and there that like they're they're just together, right? Like Marty's father's oblivious, and like his uh, his mother is pretty much against Marty having uh, you know a female relationship, right? Uh, yeah. And then uh, which you know it, hap- it happens, I'm sure, from time to time. Sean, Sean, how long did it take for your mom to warm up to your wife? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> a couple months, maybe? Huh. Well, that ain't too bad. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, that's just a rough estimate. <laughs> well, at least it happened. Well, uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. So anyway, all right. So then Marty goes to the mall parking lot. To talk to Doc, to see what Doc's going on, and Doc wants him to videotape like his experiment or whatever. The experiment is the DeLorean time machine. They send Einstein in, in back in time. Einstein comes back. Marty's fr- freaking the fuck out. He's just like, "What? What happened?" And he's like, "Yeah, sent Einstein back in time." And the DeLorean is actually made of plutonium that uh, Doc stole from Libyan terrorists. And then uh, the Libyans find them. They shoot Doc. They go to shoot Marty, but he gets in, in the time machine and gets the hell out of there. What? Well, earlier on, when he was showing, when Doc was showing Marty how to run the time machine, he had set the date to 1955, like November 6th or something like that. Okay. 1955. And that's where Marty ended up going. Well, when Marty, uh, so Marty at first is driving through a mall parking lot, then he ends up driving through a field and crashes into a barn. And then finds out he's in 1955 and meets up with his father. Isn't that at a soda joint? Yeah. Okay. At the soda joint and the future mayor of the town that they were in, which... It escapes me off the top of my head. Goldstein? Didn't it have... It was something gold. Uh, oh, it, it was uh, Hill Valley, California. I think. Or, no, this was where they... Yeah, no, they were in Hill Valley, uh, California. 
I believe. Gotcha. Uh, which Hill Valley actually was still, you know, developing. And uh, so, and uh, Mayor Goldstein, uh, Goldstein is actually the name of the mayor. Right. That's who I thought you asked for. Yeah. So, uh, and Goldie, he's, you know, he's trying to tell because Biff, a younger Biff, starts uh, bullying George McFly. And Goldie's just like, you got to stick up for yourself. He goes, look at me. Do you really think I want to be in this slop house the rest of my life? And the guy that runs the, the soda joint goes, watch it, Goldie. <laughs> and then Marty points out and he goes, oh, yeah, he's going to be mayor someday. He goes, yeah, I'm going to be mayor. And then the, you know, and this is how you get the, You could get away with stuff like this in 19, you know, in 1985. Right. Uh, well, when they made the movie. In 1985, uh, when uh, the soda guy, or or the guy that runs the soda joint goes, oh, yeah, colored mare, that's what we need. (laughs) You say that now, and Jesus. Riots Uh, in the streets. Yeah. What was that, John? Riots in the streets. Yeah. So, um, So, anyway, so he's trying to catch up with George. Even though technically, like, rule of time traveling, you'll hear about this in any show, is you can't mess with the past. And then, uh, you know, Marty, he's trying to find out, um, you know, where Doc Brown lives. Because he remember Doc Brown saying something about 1955. Well, he sees George, his father, up in a tree, uh, spying on a woman that's getting undressed. Uh, and then George falls out of the tree, almost gets hit by a car. Marty pushes him out of the way, and he gets hit. And then the guy that hit him goes, Stella, another one of these damn kids jumped in front of my car. Help me get him in the house. And then... You know, you get them in the house. And then one of the more, you know, I think iconic scenes in the movie, again, this is something that, like, you know, you really can't get away with today unless it's an episode of Game of Thrones, is uh, he's in, you know, he's asleep or he's waking up from being unconscious. And he hears his mother's voice in the in the room. And then he wakes up, finds a younger version of his mother, you know, 1955, and she's just, you know, she's trying to hit on him. Yep, she finds him attractive. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I you want to call it. She's calling him Calvin. Yeah. Because his underwear is Calvin Klein. And he asks her, why do you keep calling me Calvin? And she's like, that's your name, isn't it? It's in your underwear. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's also disturbing, too, that she just, because he didn't lose his pants of, you know, getting hit by the car. No, he didn't. She took his pants off of him. Right. Uh, But he wasn't too eager to get up out of there right away, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's also kind of weird. Well, once he figured out that, like, that was his mother, he's just like, oh, yeah, I got to get out of here. And then... 
they get out, you know, he has dinner with the family. Then uh, he has uh, his, fu- his future grandfather. He has, he goes, you know, where's, because he was uh, trying to figure out how to get to, to Doc Brown's house. And I remember him saying something about John F. Ken- John F. Kennedy Boulevard or something. And uh, his, mu- uh, you know, his grandfather, his future grandfather goes, uh, who the hell's John F. Kennedy? <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, okay, yeah, this is 1955. Uh, so then he finds his way to Doc Brown's house. Doc Brown does not believe a damn thing he says. Marty's trying to prove it to him. He's like, yes, I am from the future. And then he has to basically tell him. Uh, he's just like, I know how you get because Doc had a bandage on his and he goes, I know how you got that bruise on your head. You fell off your off your toilet. You're standing on your toilet trying to fix something. You fell off it and you hit your head. And then that's when Doc believes him. I forgot about that part. Yeah. And then he's. And then they're trying to figure out how to send Marty home. And then uh, Marty had a flyer in his hands about the the clock tower that worked back in 1955. And it was actually like the week uh, that he got sent to, or like it was a week before the clock tower uh, stopped working is when he, you know, ended up, you know, in 1955 He's like, yeah. So they're like, all right, you're going to stay here for a week, and then we'll get everything going, and we'll send you back home. So I was, yeah, I could stay here for a week. You show me around. It's like, Marty, no. Like, you can't really be seen because, you know, you'll leave the, you know. You could undo the future. You, you could undo the future. Like, you could really, you could alter the future. And Marty's just like, oh, yeah, right. He goes, and Doc's like, I'm the only one you've talked to today, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I kind of bumped into my parents. And then that's when Doc, you know, one of the iconic lines is like, great, stop. And I never really understood that when I was kid. I'm like, who, like, what the fuck kind of saying is that? Like, I had never <laughs> heard that before. Right. Until, like, that movie. That's because True. that was the 50s thing. Yeah. Now, Sean, did you did you like the Back to the Future? Oh yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. So. And then I rewatched it a couple of times and found some flaws, but you know. Yeah. That happens. Right. So, all right. So now he's trying to set up his parents because, you know, he showed Doc the picture of you know, his family again, and his brother's head was missing. Right, because he was erasing the future. Yeah. So he's like, you got to get them to get, you got to get them together, uh, and we got to figure something out. And, you know, he takes uh, Doc, or, you know, Doc takes him into the school, pretty much kind of fake and rolls him into the high school. And then, uh, He go or 
you know, he's trying to fix up his parents. And then I think they end up in the soda joint again uh, at some point where they do one of my all-time favorite scenes in a movie where I think Marty hits Biff. Oh, yeah. And then a Biff and his goons go chasing after him, and Marty uh, takes his scooter and converts it to skateboard. Yeah. So, uh, are you talking about right in the beginning there? Not in the beginning, in the middle of the movie. Right. Where he takes the kid's scooter and makes it a skateboard, right? Or is that in the... No, that's the right part. And uh, I just couldn't remember if that was in the beginning or like how no, they right it in the, the movie. Yeah, it's towards the middle, and like he's chasing him around, or like they're they're driving after him, and uh, Marty's uh, riding on a well. Again, it was a scooter scooter that he converted into a skateboard, and that's how the skateboard kind of got invented, kind of, and because Marty was you know. A skateboard was actually Marty's means of transportation, you know, back in 1985. Right. So he goes and uh, so he's riding around on a skateboard and then Biff and his goons feel like they have him countered or cornered and Marty, you know, kind of gets out the skateboard, skateboard goes underneath the, the car. Marty jumps over them in the car and it lands back on the skateboard and then they crash into a fucking manure truck. Yeah. That's so funny. I hate yeah. Manure. Yeah, and uh, it, they're just like, shit! And it's like, yep, that's what you're going into. Yeah, and we have to say that they had a convertible, so it ended yeah. up all in the car. Pretty much. Oh, that's one expensive cleanup. Yeah. And, um... You know, his mother, uh, Marty's mother, Lorraine, or young Lorraine, is falling head over heels for him. He's an absolute dream. And, uh, you know, all the other girls that she's hanging out with are like, who is this guy? And they're like, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And it's just like, oh, God. He came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, so she wants him to take. Uh, she wants him to take her to the school dance. So he kind of comes up with this plan with his dad, you know, with George, on how they're gonna kind of fool or how they're kind of get gonna get his mom and dad together. Because dad actually did have a crush on mom. Right. Yep. But she wants a guy that's gonna stick up for himself, which George could never do. And I think by this time, like, uh, his older brother, I believe his uh, name was uh, Billy, was pretty much... Uh, erased. Yeah, pretty much erased from history. And then... Uh, but, yeah, so... Yeah, so he was pretty much erased from history, but, like, once Marty kind of got it, it would get everything back together, like, it would be fixed or whatever. So they're in the, they're in, uh, they're in the car, him, him and Lorraine, and, like, she really wants him to make the moves on her. 
uh, and he's waiting for George to get there, and then all of a sudden, you know, Biff and his goons lock Marty in another car, or in the trunk of another car. Now, this is at the dance, right? At the dance, yes. Uh, So then George goes there, because the plan was he was going to take Marty out of the car, he was going to hit, because Marty was going to feign, you know, taking advantage of Lorraine. And, oh, and the father was going to stick up for her. Yeah. All the while, Doc is trying to get something, uh, you know, trying to, they were meeting, like, near, like, the local theater, near the clock tower, and that's, they were going to use the lightning storm as a way to get the DeLorean powered up so we can get him home. Right. So then... Uh, so anyway, so Biff and his goons lock Marty in the trunk of a car, the, the, and the band that was playing the dance, or that was uh, playing for the dance, tries to get him out, and but the lead guitarist screws up his hand. Uh, I think, think like a screwdriver or whatever that they use right. to stab them in the hand. So then, uh, so anyway, so Biff is trying to take advantage of Lorraine. George goes to rescue her, thinking that he's going to hit Marty, but he sees Biff. Biff throws him down. George gets up, and for the first time in his entire life, he knocks Biff out. So then it's just like, all right, cool, everything's good. They're going to get into the dance. They're going to dance together. They're going to kiss. They're going to fall in love. Right. And, uh, you know, everything's going to be good. But then, of course, the lead guitarist of the band is just like, I can't play because, you know, my hand's screwed up. And Marty's like, you have to. Like, I'm going to be gone if you don't, if they don't kiss and fall in love. And they're just like, well, do you know somebody else that can play guitar? And Marty happens to know how to play, so. So he takes over. Yeah, he takes over. Then, uh, as they're playing, some other goober uh, uh, throws George to the side and cuts in. And George is just like, oh, man, I'm done. And then Marty's sister had already disappeared from the picture. And Marty's hand is starting to disappear to where, like, he's, getting off-key on the guitar. Right, he's having trouble playing. Yeah. Well, then George gets another uh, um, batch of courage and goes and he tosses the guy that cut in away and then he kisses Lorraine and then everything's back to normal. And then Marty's trying to leave and he's just like, hey, why don't you play one more song for something that really cooks? And then Marty plays a song that uh, his favorite song on the radio back in 1985. And, uh... It wasn't like a Chuck Berry tune or something? Yeah, I think so. Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually was a really catchy song. And then, uh... The name of the, uh... Uh, the name of the guy, or of the lead guitarist for the band, uh, the one that Marty was playing for, his name was Marvin Berry. Okay. And he was calling his cousin. He's like, you know that sound you're looking for? Well, here. 
and then he plays a song, and then he goes back to Doc. And by the way, like throughout like him meeting Doc and then concocting his plan for him to go home, Marty's trying to tell Doc, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, like the night I left and came here, like he's trying to tell him that Doc is killed. Right. Trying to tell him to duck. Yeah. And, but Doc's just like, you can't tell me anything that's going to alter the future. And I, to be honest with you, this would be one of those times where I would, you know, accept the exception to the rule. Right. Uh, so, um, so he leaves the dance. He says to Lorraine and uh, George, he's just like, if you guys ever have kids and you have an eight-year and uh, your one son sets fire to a rug when he's eight years old, go easy on him. So that and then you hear Lorraine go, you know what, Marty? I really like that name. And uh, so they go and like they're having like all this fucking difficulty. Doc rips up the letter that Marty writes to him and says, "Don't open until 1985." And Marty's trying to tell him what's going on, but he's like, Marty, you have to go, you know, go. And then, you know, uh, Doc, you know, like, it's just a long sequence of him trying to plug in the thing to get the electricity going for, for the DeLorean. Marty hits the 88 miles per hour, goes, and then, you know, he ends up back in 1985. And he, but he set the time machine to 10 minutes before Doc gets shot. Okay. Well, when he gets back to 1985, the DeLorean runs out of gas or plutonium or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, but he runs to the mall just in time to see the Libyans shoot Doc. And then sees that Marty drive off into the past. Well, then uh, Marty uh, goes to Doc. He's just like, I should have warned him. Like, he should have just listened to me. Doc wakes up and reveals he had a bulletproof vest on because he put Marty's letter back together. <laughs> and Marty's like, all that talk about you altering time. Uh, like, what happened? And Doc goes, well, I figured, what the hell? <laughs> so he goes, and uh, then uh, Doc drives him home, wakes up the next morning at, like, 1030 in the morning. Because remember, like, he thinks he's going to have a big date with uh, with his girlfriend Jennifer at the lake. Right. Like, uh, they were going up, but... See, before he went back to 1955, he lied to his parents and said he was going on a camping trip with the guys because his mother had a thing against him dating a woman. Uh, well, not dating a woman, dating at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like uh, his mom just wasn't, you know, wasn't for dating. Right. And she wanted him to focus on his studies. Right. So... Well, because I think even up to that point, too, his father really wasn't a good student. Or, like, beforehand. Right. Because the principal even said, he goes, your father was a slacker. So, well, because also his father, too, had 
was doing, had to spend most of his time writing, doing Biff's homework, and he didn't have enough time to do his own. Right. So he wakes up and he sees that his house is like very nicely decorated. He's like, what the hell? And then he sees his brother Billy, or not, I forgot what his brother's name was. He had an uncle named Billy, I think. Uh, but he sees his brother dressed up in a suit. And he's like, because beforehand, his brother worked at a fast food restaurant. So he sees his brother in a suit. And then uh, he's like, do you always wear that? And he goes, I always wear a suit to the office. And then they were talking about his uh, date with uh, Jennifer. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to the lake. His mom's like, yeah, you guys are going to the lake tonight. He goes, oh, I can't go, Mom. The car's wrecked. And uh, the older brother goes, what are you talking about? The car's wrecked. What the hell? And uh, Dad George is just like, the car's not wrecked. It's getting waxed right now. Everything's good. And you see Biff out there with a bald spot. <laughs> uh, basically, because, like, again, before Marty, Marty kind of altered the past, you know, Biff was still picking on George. Right. Because he was the supervisor. Now George is a supervisor. Well, isn't George a famous author, too? Yeah, no, he was a famous author. He wrote uh, a book called A Match Made in the Odyssey or something. Yeah, because of something Marty did. Yeah, because the cover was the cover of the book was actually Marty. Uh, well, it was somebody in a, uh, ha- uh, in a uh, hazmat suit. Right. Uh, coming out of a coming out of a barn, which is actually how Marty entered 1955. Right. So then, uh, so anyway, so uh, Biff hands Marty. Uh, well, um, George's new book comes out. They they look at it, and then uh, Biff hands Marty keys. He goes. Hey, Marty, here's your keys. You're all waxed up for the night. He goes, huh? And then he sees his his dream truck sitting in the sitting in the garage. Right. Then he sees Jennifer, who, you know, he's happy to see her and all that. And then Doc shows up. Uh, and he's just like, you guys have to come with me back to the future because it's about like your kids cause a lot of trouble. Because Doc had traveled back to had traveled to 2015. Right. Uh, and then, uh, so then Marty goes, Doc, you got to back up. You know, we don't have enough road to get to 88. He goes, roads? Where we're going, we don't need, and it turns out the fucking DeLorean flies. Right. At the end of the movie, and then it says, to be continued, so you knew there was going to be a part two. Which I actually think they started filming when... They filmed all three of them together. They did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was like the first time that that had been done. Right. And, I mean, it worked out for him because all three movies were actually really good. Yeah. So, but like another key part in the movie that I kind of skipped over was that when he told he showed Doc the picture after he got back from the dance, he goes, "Yeah, my old man has never stood up for Biff a Biff a day in his life, and he finally did. He knocked him out." Doc goes, "Never." He goes, yeah, never. Why? He goes, not important. Right now, we got to get you home. 
So, like, the past was definitely, like, the future was definitely altered. Right. But, you know, in a good way. George had some respect of his, uh, his uh, you know, Lorraine was okay with Marty dating. Mm-mm. And his brother no longer worked in a fast food restaurant. So, Sean, you said you were going to have some questions. Start firing. Okay. Um, why don't they explain how Marty and Doc meet? I don't. Oh, that's right. At the very beginning. They never do explain You know what I mean? Day. Like, yeah, I'm not oh, trying they... to be that guy, but they never really explain how they met. Yeah, no. It's just the principal just said, you know, why do you hang out with Doc Brown? Like, you know, he's nuts. Right. Yeah, it was it was never explained. It was just, you know, they were just Not even in any of them. Not a big question right there. Like, they don't do it in the first one, obviously, and they don't really bring it up in the second or third one either. Pretty yeah, weird. So it's, it's, a, it's a movie trilogy where it's just like, okay, you know, these two guys, you know, they're, they're friends, but it's like, why? I mean, that's a really right. good question, and I wish I had the answer. Yeah, I don't know. Also, um, why – I feel so weird because I have, like, the dumb, like, picky part questions. Like, you know, why was his mom trying to get with him? And why was he kind of not – I mean, he was okay with it at first, and then he kind of smartened up. And it would still be really, really weird. All right. So here's what I could kind of – ascertain from the whole thing. Uh, Marty was a good-looking kid. Right. right. Good-looking kid. Uh, You know, teenage... All teenagers, you know, when they get to be like a certain age, they start, you know, the the hormones just kind of start taking over. Uh, Right. But he knows that's his mom. I don't think he knew at first that it was his mother. Not until... The, oh, not at the time. Oh, yeah, you would be right. Yeah, well, he kind of figured it out... Like halfway through dinner with the family and stuff, didn't he? Well, it, like, he he thought that it sounded like his mother. Right. At first. And... uh. So, like, what happened? And then I think, yeah, halfway through dinner, like, because he knew, like, at one point when, uh, or no, when the uh, when the grandmother introduced everybody. Yeah, I think so. And said, like, the last name, that's when he's just like, oh, shit. Right. Right, because doesn't he also remember that the, he's like, oh, that's my uncle, and I don't see him because he's in jail. Yeah. He never met him because he went to jail or something like that. Yeah, he's like says under his breath to the kid, "You better get used because the kid's in the crib." He said, "You better or playtime or whatever." It's like you better get used to being behind bars or something or locked up. Or... Yeah, you better get used to these bars, kid, or something like that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, like he he realized it, like because he was well. First of all, like he was still kind of freaked out about the fact that. He's still in, you know, 1955. Right. He thought it was all a dream. 
Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, so like once he finally realized that he's just like, and again, the mother had no idea that time travel was possible. Right. So how the hell is she going to know that that's his I'm mainly I'm putting the blame on Marty. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Like on her, obviously she wouldn't have known. There's nothing changed for her other than someone like him coming into her life. But he's going back knowing this is who he's looking for, and it's like, bro, her mom. Well, it's not like he can just go up to her and say, like, look, I can't date you because you're actually my mother. I know you right. can ghost her. Well, because you know, then, like... Ghost. Well, first of all, that wasn't really a thing in 1985, and it probably wasn't definitely a, a thing in 1955. Right. You know, there was a lot more respect back then. Yeah. And I think, like, didn't the two of them, or, like, his parents kind of fall in love, like, when Marty got hit by the car. Technically, wasn't that supposed to be George? It was supposed to be George. And that's yeah, how they so would fuck up. Yeah. yeah. So Marty had already yeah. screwed that up. Right. So he had to get involved. He had to get them together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you got another question there, Sean? No, that was pretty much it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean... It does, like, in, like, my sense of humor, I compare that movie to, like, the Earth dimension of Rick and Morty. Right. You were saying, you, you know? actually told me that on, uh, or when I messaged you asking if you were going to be on the show. Yeah. I just see the comparison. Yeah. Well, you know, Rick and Morty goes dimensions and stuff, obviously, but it's like, that was a teaser. Well, like, even Rick and Morty, if you kind of look at, at both characters, they do kind of look like an animated version of Doc and Marty. Right. Yeah, now that you say that, I never Doc watched Marty. the show, but I do know what they look like. Yeah. Watch on. Uh, you know, comparison, you know, you got Marty to Morty and Rick to Doc. Yeah. And they both have crazy hair, you know, they're both crazy scientists messing with illegal substances and time traveling and all that fun jazz. They just drag right. on the so, other kid for fun. Yeah. So pretty much, uh, so I'm guessing that, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, the people that created Rick and Morty are actually like fans of back to the future. Oh yeah. I would, I would agree on that one. Yeah. So, okay, I do. I have one more. What would you rate this movie out of a like a out of one to ten? I definitely, I definitely say probably. Uh, it's not my favorite movie, but it's one that I watched a lot when I was a kid. So I would probably say about a about an eight. Yeah, I was gonna say seven or eight. Cause, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean it's, it wasn't it's like, like a I great said, great movie. But it was good, you know? Yeah. It's probably one of the more, like, uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to say forgotten movie trilogies, but 
I will have to say, though, back in 1985, when it first came out, we all wanted a DeLorean. Yeah. Because we all thought it was a cool-looking car. Right. Yeah, and what's funny, too, is that, like, uh, and I saw this somewhere, and somebody did a uh, a toy hunt somewhere online on YouTube, and there was actually, like, Transformers actually did, like, one of their cars like a DeLorean. Right. So, like, you know, it's a, it's definitely, it's an iconic movie, but, yeah, like, and obviously it was a financial success. $19 million budget, and you make $388 million. So somebody did something right. It was just a good cast. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and think of, like, the success that, you know, uh, Michael J. Fox and Leah Thompson and uh, Christopher Lloyd would have, you know, later on in their careers. Uh, Leah Thompson would go on to have uh, many more film roles, also being a a television series. Yeah, wasn't she, like, Caroline in the City? Yeah, Caroline in the City. You know, Michael J. Fox went to be on Spin City for a while until he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Right. But then didn't he used to do, like, uh, cartoon voiceovers? Uh, I thought he did a few of those. I could be wrong. I mean, he might have. I, I don't necessarily remember. Uh... But I mean, it sounds. I, I think I do kind of remember him doing uh, cartoon voices. I mean, he was on Family Ties before he was in this movie. Yeah, that was his first big. That was his first big role. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh. Yeah, I can't really. Oh. Uh, he was also uh, in uh, Homeward Bound. He voiced the dog. Oh, okay. oh, that's great. Yeah. And he was also the voice of Stuart Little. Oh, he and was. He that's also, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he voiced and uh, Milo. Daddy. <laughs> yeah. And he voiced Milo in uh, in Atlantis, the Disney movie. Oh, wasn't it the, like, the treasure hunter thing? Yeah. So, yeah, so he did do some voice work. Uh, but, yeah, no, and then Christopher Lloyd, he had a few, uh, he's had several different uh, movie roles. He was in uh, Angels in the Outfield. Uh, he was in Dennis the Menace, actually with Leah Thompson. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that But yeah, no. So I definitely give this movie an out. Sean, what would you give it? I I would give it like an eight. Okay. I'm in the same boat with the eights. Yeah. So. At least I, the first I mean, one. Yeah. We'll do the second and third one. I think at some point, I wouldn't mind watching them again. I like the third one better than the second one. I, do I would too. have to agree. The third one, I think, was a lot more interesting than yeah. 
the second one. The second one was just kind of like a, I don't know how to put it nicely, but like a rip off of the second one. I think just a corny version of like a. Of the first one. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. The first one. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Cause, Cause they you can do like a lot the of the similarity of yeah. certain. Yeah. And you can tell like, wait a minute. Did I see this scene in the first one? Yeah. Because what was the second one? I mean, that's the one where he's following himself doing everything he just did in the first one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I guess the pre- the premise of it was good, but it didn't really come out that good. No. Yeah, and in the, the third one, they went to... Uh, to the Wild West, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that one's good. I like that well, one. Well, yeah, I think, like, if we'll do another one. We'll probably skip the second one and just do the third. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Second one's not uh, important. Yeah. So, well, all right, any, anybody got anything else on the movie? Nope. No. I thought we were going to have another caller in. I was trying to stretch the time out for her to call in, but I don't think she's coming. I don't think she's going to make it. So, all right, but Sean, we appreciate you uh, coming aboard. Oh, no, thank you for having me. No problem. Appreciate the help. Uh, We'll definitely have you uh, on again uh, soon if uh, fatherhood uh, permits you. Oh, I should be good. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So, all right, make sure you listen to uh, Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet, on YouTube, Wednesday nights, 10, 15, 10, 20 Eastern time. Then check, uh, catch them at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday nights for the Hollywood Hangout, also on YouTube. Catch us Friday nights, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for the, every, or for the unscripted wrestling podcast. Now, we're not doing any shows next weekend. Right. So, Friday, there will be no Unscripted Wrestling. There's going to be no Unscripted Wrestling. There's going to be no Unscripted Unlimited next next Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com. So, I said everything Unscripted because uh, it is Daniel's birthday weekend and we got a bunch of birthday stuff planned. Uh, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Daniel and Mindy will be with you for the Stabcast. They're gonna, Halloween ends. Halloween ends. All right, for Halloween ends, and then on uh, on Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you're gonna catch uh, Daniel and Bobby for the Web Cave, another face off. Well, they're gonna talk uh, She-Hulk, uh, House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon, uh, DC League of Super Pets, and they're gonna do the face off, uh, Blue Beetle. And Spider-Man, I think he said? Yeah, the Morales. Miles Morales. Yeah. So, catch that. And then, of course, next Wednesday around 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, catch Eric and Clintus for uh, NFL Hard Hits. They're going to preview week seven as well as review week six. And then, Sean, where can we catch you? Uh, over at Elite Diplodoc on Twitch. Okay. Well, you still have a YouTube channel? Yes, I do. It's also Elite Diplodoc. Okay. All the same thing. All right. And then, of course, on Facebook, you can catch them, uh, join the group, 
elite diplodocs, elite elite squad. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Honestly, yeah. I, I haven't really paid much attention to that yet. I keep forgetting about it. Keep forgetting yeah, well, there. You also have so at least one of us paying attention. Son, Thank so. you, Doug. No problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was taking me ten minutes to say, but I finally got it out. Uh, no, you're good. But yeah, so make sure you catch all that. Of course. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Unscripted Unlimited. Eric will finally be back with me, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and uh, we'll let everybody know, like, uh, we'll put a poll up of what four movies we're going to do or what four movies we're going to be thinking about doing and have everybody vote on it, and then we'll see what happens. And, uh, Sean, thank you again for being on, and we will uh, talk to you soon. I'm sure I'm probably going to need your help a lot. No, just let me know, and I'll let you know. All right, cool. All right, thanks, buddy. Right. No problem. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, you Bye, too. Karen. Bye. All right, and then we will see everybody uh, in a couple weeks, and have a good night. Later.